Hey there, get ready to listen to the affairs of the black diasporas. You are about to learn, live, and enjoy life lessons we black people have experienced throughout history. Welcome to Unlocking Our Voices, where we seek to unify the black diasporas, eradicate inequality, racial profiling, and the general lack of respect. Let's open our mouths and minds with your host, Greg Fuller. Hello, 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 hello. Good morning to all from the African diaspora and across the world. From those in Palestine, Jordan, Iraq, and to all our black brothers and sisters in the state of Israel. Today, the world is waking up to the ongoing Israeli conflict. But this is not a new conflict. If we look back in time, we can see that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict can be dated back to the end of the 19th century into the 20th century. And when we look at back in time in 1947, the United Nations adopted Resolution 181, known as the Partition Plan, which sought to divide the British Mandate of Palestine into an Arab and a Jewish state. A year later, May 14, 1948, the State of Israel was created. And with the victors, right, the Israelis, they divided territory into three parts. The State of Israel emerged, the West Bank of the Jordan River and the Gaza Strip. But no Palestinian state was ever created from that resolution. We're in 2023. And when you look at what's going on in Palestine today, little is said about the Afro-Palestinian communities that emerge in Palestine dating back to the 12th century, and some can argue even further, when African Muslims made regular pilgrims to the Middle East, including the 10th leader of the Mali Empire, Mansa Musa. And if we recall history, Mansa Musa was known as one of the richest person in world history. Not just the richest person, in Africa, but the richest person in history, that when Mansa Musa made his pilgrim to Mecca on the Hajj trip, he devalued the price of gold in the region for 10 years. That's how wealthy Mansa Musa was. But with the ongoing conflict now that or well, with the renewed conflict in Palestine. No one is talking about our Afro-Palestinians. You cannot say you are a Pan-Africanist and you focus not on the attention 
of our Afro-Palestinians. You cannot say you are a Pan-Africanist and you focus not on our black Israelis who also face oppression in the state of Israel, just like our black brothers and sisters are facing oppression in Palestine, right? You cannot call yourself a Pan-Africanist and you do not look at those plight of black people on both sides of the fence who are today perhaps are taking up arms to defend their homeland in Palestine and in the state of Israel, but yet still they are not fully integrated in either community because of the color of their skin. And we will get into those details, right? We will get into those details. So in today's episode, I would like to give attention to our Afro-Palestinian brothers and sisters as the Palestinians struggle for freedom and self-determination under Israeli's occupation. And although Afro-Palestinians make up a small percentage of the Palestinian population, they have an amazing history in that region in Palestine and also in the state of Israel. And so we're going to look at them and we're going to talk about them. Many Afro-Palestinians are concentrated in Jerusalem. The most current Afro-Palestinians made the journey over, as I mentioned, during the British mandate of Palestine as religious pilgrims, and they stayed there. The largest population of Afro-Palestinians are in the neighborhood located in the old Jerusalem that is referred as Little Harlem or the African Quarters. So if we're going to talk about Palestine today and if the world is going to humanize Israeli victims, let us humanize our Afro-Palestinian brothers and sisters. Let us humanize the struggle of the Palestinian people for right to freedom and self-determination. Right? So let us not forget our brothers. Let's not forget our sisters because in the West, the West will show you the humanity of the Israelis, which they should, but they lack and fail to show you the humanity of our Afro-Palestinians. They lack to show you the humanity of the Palestinians who also have a right for freedom, who also have a right to self-determination, And we here in the United States, we love our freedom so dearly. But we fail to see the freedom of others. We fail to see the rights of others. We cling so dearly to our political doctrine and our religious belief. 
but show no love or compassion when it comes to the issue of race and religious dogma that is holding us back. We cannot see the humanity of other people because we hold on to this side and that side, but yet still we say we love freedom. Freedom cannot be one-sided, my friends. Freedom must be on two sides of the fence. And a conflict now that is going to erupt because it is said that the Israelis have declared are in a state of war, which means there will be military incursion and ground troop in Gaza that is such a densely populated area. Palestinians will lose their lives. Israelis will lose their lives. But yet still the, the West fail to talk about the conflict in the right sense of why is the conflict so taking place there. The West fails to take and show that the conflict is going on because of occupation. The second, third, fourth generation, if you ask us to identify ourselves, we say we are Afro-Palestinians. We were born here, we grew up here, we have the same history like Palestinians. A even whenever I sit with Palestinians, I say, look, brothers, sisters, you are oppressed by the occupation, but we as Afro-Palestinians, we are double oppressed. First, as Palestinians, second, because of the color. Yes, we are double oppressed, right? We are double oppressed because we are Palestinians, but also because of the color of our skin. No matter where we are in the world, black people are oppressed. Whether we live in the United States, we are oppressed. Whether we live in Palestine, we are oppressed. Whether we live in the state of Israel, we are oppressed. And so it is important that we look and understand that our unity is essential as black people globally because the oppression is globally. And we should never lose focus on this. Welcome to Unlocking Our Voices, folks. But before we dive deep in our show, thanks for tuning in. And I would like to encourage our listeners to check out our social media platforms on Instagram and in TikTok because there is some thought-provoking content on there, and we are trying to grow our social and digital footprint on those platforms. So I encourage you all to check us, check out Unlocking Our Voices. We also encourage you, the listeners, to send us some monetary gift on our Instagram and or reach out to us via email to support Unlocking Our Voices. And many of you don't know the reasons 
why this program was started a year ago. But I started this program a year ago because I was deeply fed up with the state and condition of black people globally. As such, you know, I have dedicated my time, my effort, and money in creating, unlocking our voices for you, black people, for you, black people of the black diasporas. So lend us your support in making us grow financially in order to create the content and the interviews that are dear to our hearts. And, you know, I want to remind you, black people of the black diaspora, that we are not powerless as a people, but what we lack is our unity in racial politics, in proper spending of our dollars, and supporting each other in areas that are most meaningful, such as this program. Because it is said in the United States, the black dollar is a trillion dollars strong, but we do not spend our money in the right way to support and to build and to uplift us as a people here in the United States and globally. We have supported every other group, but we fail to support our own. We fail tremendously. And I saw a need for unlocking our voices. And so this is my contribution to you And in doing what I am doing, it takes money. In doing what I'm doing, it takes time. In doing what I'm doing, it takes tremendous energy to do what I'm doing. But I'm doing it because of passion. I'm doing it because of the love that I have for my people, black people. So Unlocking Our Voices was created because I wanted to focus specifically on the black diasporas, the culture, the people, their stories, their issues, injustices, and the varying measures used to prolong our oppression and marginalization. Our aim is to connect people of the black diaspora in new and exciting ways, equipping them with the tools, the platform, and access that allows them to trace their history and also point to an understanding of the past and how it influenced the very present that they live in, ultimately impressing upon them that they hold the keys to shaping their own futures by way of dialogue and working together and by means of face-to-face our virtual constructive conversation. We seek to evolve and enhance ourselves spiritually, mentally, socially, politically, and economically. And this is the reason why Unlocking Our Voices was created. But we also need your support. We also need to grow 
our social media. We also need to increase our revenues so we can go to the places and interview people from different parts of the black diaspora. Because silence keeps the world from knowing the story of the black diaspora. There's a long tradition of black folk who have stood up and spoken out against the occupation of Palestine and spoken for the liberation and self-determination of the Palestinian people. I first became interested in the Middle East when I became interested in Malcolm X. I read Malcolm's story and when I saw that Malcolm in 1959 and again in 1964 had made these trips to Africa and also to the Middle East, I became interested in what Malcolm was interested in, which was thinking about black freedom on a global scale. I then went back to graduate school after my PhD to pursue another degree in Middle East studies. I wanted to know what it meant to be black in Jordan or Iran or Egypt or Palestine. Since the end of the 19th century, there has been a growing battle over the area that is now known as Israel and Palestine. Way and so it is important that us as black people, we support the movement, that we support the struggle for the Palestinians to have freedom, to have self-determination, and supporting the freedom and the right to self-determination. It doesn't mean that we are against Israel. It doesn't mean that the state of Israel should not exist because all human beings have a right to freedom and justice and equality. The world said at the end of World War II, never again they will stand still and watch genocide and oppression. But yet still, on October the 9th, 2023, the world is standing still and watching the oppression and occupation of the Palestinian people. The world is standing still and watching the oppression and occupation of the Afro-Palestinian. The world is standing still and taking one side when it talks about freedom and justice and equality. When you look at the conflict that is going on right now, on Saturday, early morning, this past weekend, October the 7th, Palestinian fighters entered occupied section that are controlled by the state of Israel and launched its biggest assault on the state of Israel in years. You know, firing a barrage of rockets from Gaza and sending fighters across the border. But what the world is not saying is that this brazen attack is in response to occupation. This brazen attack, which is probably going to escalate the center focus that the world should be focusing on. It is the occupation of Palestine. But the Western media won't give that. They will humanize the Israeli civilians and death 
which they should, but they should also humanize the Palestinians and the Afro-Palestinians because they are also human beings. They are also fighting to be free and to live like human beings. Now, we know that since Israel has always been in a state of readiness as a result of our occupation, Israel's strike against Hamas targets in Gaza Strip and in the crowded coastal enclave, which is home to 2.3 million Palestinians. And as of this morning, it is reported that about 400 Palestinians to around 700 Israelis are dead so far. But let's not forget the Afro-Palestinians in this struggle. We are double oppressed because we are Palestinians and we are black. The Arab-Israeli conflict has overshadowed the presence of Afro-Palestinians living in Palestine. And they have been there for centuries. Moreover, before the creation of the state or the modern state of Israel, many African Muslims who had traveled to Palestine at the time of the British occupation of the region, the number of African migrants in Jerusalem grew steadily, though, over the British, over the years when the British mandate in Palestine in the 1930s. Now, with the coming of the Arab-Israeli conflict in 1948, some Africans even joined the Arab Liberation Army and fought on the side of the Palestinians to defend their homeland and to defend their presence. But even fighting to defend their homeland and to defend their presence, Afro-Palestinians are still discriminated against in Palestine. And when we look at Afro-Palestinians, we also have to look at the other side of the fence because black Jews are also fighting for the state of Israel. But they themselves has been discriminated and often marginalized in the state of Israel. Which American media, Western media, they don't show you these things. And so we have black people that are caught on both sides of the fence, defending their right to exist, fighting and dying for nations that still don't fully accept them in the larger society. So when we talk about Pan-Africanists, we cannot talk about Pan-Africanists and just look at the African struggle. And we don't look at our struggles of black people in Palestine. We don't look at our struggle of black people in Brazil. We don't look at our struggle of black people in Colombia and in Mexico. Our struggle is universal, and since our struggle is universal, our unity must be universal as black people. When you look at Afro-Palestinians, 
one of the most notable Afro-Palestinian is Ali Jeddah, a former Palestinian resistant fighter whose family is from Chad. His father migrated into the region and settled there, and Ali became part of the Poplar Front for the liberation of Palestine. And as a result of his support for a free Palestine, he spent years in Israeli prison defending Palestine and the right for Palestine to be free. Let's not forget black people in Palestine. Another notable Afro-Palestinian freedom fighter was Fatima Bernawi, a freedom fighter, another freedom fighter. And in fact, she was the highest female freedom fighter in the Palestinian movement for freedom and justice. She fought for Palestine and she herself spent years in Israeli prison. Fatima passed away last year. But how many of you know of Fatima Bernawi? Very few of us know of her. Very few of us understand the price that she had to pay for freedom and justice and equality. The African community used to be always among the avant-garde. For example, the first Palestinian female to be put in Israeli jails came from the African Quarter. This was Fatima Bernawi, a Palestinian of Nigerian descent who served 10 years in Israeli prisons. Released in a 1977 prisoner exchange, she was the highest-ranking female member of Fatah. Black people has always taken up the call for freedom and justice. But we see regardless of them fighting, their color, their skin still condemns them. Afro-Palestinians' oppression is not a thing of the past. We see in June of last year, on June the 7th, 2022, Afro-Palestinian in the whole city of Jerusalem rejoice because one of their black brothers, Afro-Palestinian, Mohammed Farari, was finally coming home. Farari had been in Israeli prison for five years he was a 12th grader at the time when he was taken out of class and accused of throwing rocks against Israeli soldiers. And as a result of that, he spent five years in Israeli prison and moved around at different location. And so he thought he was getting his freedom. Only two days later, Israeli intelligence re-arrested and expelled Farari from Jerusalem for a week. And this is their reason 
that he defied Israeli orders to refrain from celebrating his release. So re-arrest is common practice after prisoners' release for reasons as is impossible to justify as they are to fight. When one's existence is made a crime, even moments of joy are closely monitored and policed. And while the Afro-Palestinian community is somewhat accepted in the Palestinian community, that said, in recent years, Afro-Palestinians have spoken out about the racist prejudice they have been subject to under Israeli occupation and also from their Palestinian brothers. Afro-Palestinians have spoken out even against their Palestinians, their lighter-skinned Palestinians. Many Afro-Palestinians who have protested Israeli occupation have themselves been detained, harassed, and even imprisoned because freedom of speech is not guaranteed to them. The First Amendment, which we hold dear to in the United States, is not guaranteed to Afro-Palestinians or Palestinians as a whole. But we hear very little about our Afro-Palestinians, brothers and sisters. We hear little of their suffering. We hear little of their cry. But when you turn on CNN, when you turn on MSNBC, when you turn on Fox News, you will see the humanity of the Israelis' victims. But little is said about the humanity of Afro-Palestinians. Little is said of the humanity of Palestinians. But we so dear love freedom in the West. The African community used to be always among the avant-garde. For example, the first Palestinian female to be put in Israeli jails came from the African Quarter. Now, me, myself, in 1968, when I was 18 years old, I was arrested, sentenced 20 years for membership in the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine of George Habash. I placed a bomb by Jaffa Street, nine Israelis were injured. So we see Afro-Palestinians are always putting their lives on the line for others. They put their lives for Palestine. They put their lives for Israel. But they are marginalized. They are discriminated against. They are put in some of the worst condition on both sides of the fence. It is important that when we look at oppression and racism, it cannot just be looked 
on just the Israeli side because within the Arab community, we also see that over the many decades, much attention globally has been focused and discourse about slavery has been about the European transatlantic slave trade. But very little attention is given to the trans-Saharan slave trade, a slave trade that lasted longer than the European Atlantic slave trade. The Arab slave trade lasted for 1,300 years in which millions of Africans were taken from the continent of Africa to work in foreign lands in some of the most inhumane condition. Let us not forget that while European merchants were interested in a strongly built young man as laborers to work on their farms, the Arab merchants were far more brutal, focusing on concubine and conquering and capturing African women and young girls who were turned into sex slaves. And let's not forget how they brutally mutilate our African men and turn them into eunuchs because they did not want them to have intercourse with the African woman or even with Arab women. These things are not talked about. And so it is important for us as black people to know our history, to know our history of what's going on with black people in Palestine, to know our history of what's going on with black people in the state of Israel. So it is not wise to talk about one side of the oppression and racism that Afro-Palestinian face and not mention the other. Arabs are notoriously prejudiced and their history has documented that. Medieval Arab texts reveal that people were separated based on color, white Arabs, red Europeans, and black Africans segmenting um, them to a class system based on color. So as I am the historian, it is important that I know these things and I study these things and bring them to you because black people were subjugated to slavery and servitude by the Arabs far longer than what the Europeans have done to black people. So let's not be naive and let's not just focus our energy and talk about European oppression towards black people because black people are facing oppression from the Arabs also. Black people are facing oppression from the Asians also. 
All over the world you go, black people are faced with oppression because of their existence, of their beautiful and glorious black skin. And when you know your history, when you understand your history, and when you know your glory, you know why we are hated as a people. But I do want you to pay attention on what's going on in Palestine. I do want you to pay attention on what's going on to our, with our Afro-Palestinian our Afro brothers and sisters. Because chances are they are fighting a war probably to be free too. But they themselves are also facing oppression within Palestine. They themselves are also facing oppression on the Israeli side. So you will have black people fighting for Palestine and you will have black people fighting for the state of Israel. But make no mistake, they too are facing Injustice. So many years of catastrophe, more than six million refugees. It could be you and your family, forced from your home and your history. We are the people, and this is our time. Stand up, sing out for Palestine. Yes. Stand up and speak up for Palestine. Stand up and speak up for Afro-Palestinians. Stand up and speak up because freedom is a right for Afro-Palestinians, for Palestinians, for Israelis. But we should not pick one side and forget the humanity of another we have come to a conclusion to this episode but I want to remind our listeners that freedom is a right whatever one's political, racial and or religious views freedom cannot be one-sided your freedom and existence is as valid as the next person Political, religious, and racial ideology must never be used to oppress and deny another of their beliefs and their freedom. We who in America that so love freedom, other people in the world also wants and love freedom. I hope this episode has helped you learn more about the Afro-Palestinians. The African diaspora is all over, as in our last episode on Pan-Africanism. It cannot be a mere ideological belief, but it must be rooted in action. Those actions include standing in solidarity with our Afro-Palestinians to be free from occupation, oppression, and racism. 
from both Israelis and Arabs. So let us start a new chapter of partnership, fellowship, brotherhood, and sisterhood, spiritual strength, racial unification for political power, economic might, and a united Africa. For as we look back in the past, this unity and confusion has been our biggest weakness. And so I hope you have learned something new about Afro-Palestinians. I hope you have taken an interest in what's going on as we speak in Palestine today. Thanks for tuning in, and I encourage you to check out our social media platform on Instagram and send us some gifts because we need your support, right? We need also to continue growing because there's much work to be done. Stay connected for our next episode where we will dive deep into another fascinating topic that will help unlocking the voices as the Black Diaspora community. Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your week. If you enjoyed Unlocking Our Voices, recommend us and let's grow our conversations, community, and power. Stay tuned for our next episode and don't forget to sign up for our notifications. Find us on social media at Unlocking Our Voices and on our website at www.unlockingourvoices.com. Thanks for listening and helping to amplify the voices of the Black Diaspora.